the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No, 69. The following program is sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth from Philip DeCourcy. Proverbs 31, I think, is saying something to us all. To the married, it is saying this is the kind of wife and mother the woman should want to be. To the single guy, this is saying this is the kind of woman you ought to look for. To the single girl, it's saying this is the kind of person you ought to aspire to be. Lots of husbands joke that they married up, but that's really no laughing matter. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy explains that according to Scripture, men should seek out an excellent wife. We're getting ready for Mother's Day by examining the character of the Proverbs 31 woman. You can also hear this message online at ktt.org. Know the Truth is a Bible teaching ministry that uses every technological means possible to share the truth of God's Word. Now, here's Philip with today's message titled, She's the One. We turn to Proverbs chapter 31. We tend to separate verses 10 through 31, the description of the virtuous woman, from verses 1 through 9. But you see, in verses 1 through 9, King Lemuel's mother is speaking. And in verses 1 through 9, she tells him what he ought to be. She speaks to him about being the right person. And then in verses 10 through 31, she speaks to him about the kind of woman he needs to find. So verses 1 through 9, the kind of person he needs to be. Verses 10 through 31, the kind of woman he needs to find. Because you see, this mother realizes, and this is a book on wisdom, so this is wisdom which is truth-tested by time. Observation has taught her, insight has helped her to discover that if her son's going to exceed and going to succeed, then you know what? He needs to find a good woman. And so she writes this kind of checklist for her son of what the virtuous woman looks like because she realizes that the way up in life is to marry up, not only to be the right person, but to find the right person. And so what we have here is the description of a wife of noble character and excellent character. That's why I've called the message, She's the One, because this is a mother describing the kind of wife her son should look for. What does it mean to be a godly woman? What does it mean to be a godly wife? Well, Lemuel's mother is giving you some guidelines as she speaks to her son and says, 
When you find this kind of woman, she's the one. So let's come and look at the text a little. Before we get there, I do want to back up into something I alluded to. In verses 1 through 9, she speaks to her son about what he needs to be. And she tells him in verse 3 to show sexual restraint, not to give his strength to women, plural. He's to commit himself to sobriety. Verses 4 to 7, as she speaks about the danger of alcohol. And then she speaks to the issue of being a compassionate leader and judging righteously and pleading the case for the poor and the needy. And so she says, look, and this is very important. I say this to all the singles that are here this morning or listening online. When it comes to dating, when it comes to marrying, it always starts with you being the right person before you go looking for the right person. And that's the case here with Lemuel's mother. Hey, son, here's the kind of person I want you to be. You need to work on yourself. And then here's the kind of woman you might want to look for. And she's a good woman. I'm going to describe what she'd look for. But you know what? When you find this woman, she's going to find a good man who's a man of moral character and got a compassionate heart and who's marked by self-control. So before we choose our partner, we need to choose and commit ourselves to being the right partner. Now, here's the application since we're all in danger here of the guys tuning out or single people tuning out. You know what? Don't do that because Proverbs 31, I think, is saying something to us all. To the married, it is saying this is the kind of wife and mother the woman should want to be. To the single guy, this is saying this is the kind of woman you ought to look for. To the single girl, it's saying this is the kind of person you ought to aspire to be. So let's start to look at this wonderful passage. Several things. If you're taking notes, number one, I want you to notice her virtue. We're kind of going to hop, skip, and jump across these verses because, again, they're an outline. They're a composite. They're an A to Z of womanhood and motherhood. And the first thing is her virtue. Verse 10, who can find a virtuous wife? This woman is virtuous in character, noble in character, excellent in character. Go down to verse 29. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. She is strong. She is spiritual. She is a substantial woman. She's his cheerleader, his advisor, his lover, his helper. Genesis 2:18. It is not good that man should be alone. I will make for him a helper comparable to him, his equal, but someone who will help him excel. And you know what? That's the virtuous woman. She's strong capable, admirable, and she directs her giftedness and her energy towards the blessing of her husband and the blessing of her children, because he will praise her at the gate, and her children will rise up to call her blessed. One of the men in Proverbs commentary said this, life is difficult enough for a man who makes his way in this world without adding to it the burden of a wife who does not understand or support him. But that's not the virtuous woman. In fact, throughout the book of Proverbs, men are warned against women who can be a distraction and a drain. The nagging wife, the beautiful-looking woman who is without discernment, 
She's described as a pig with a silver ring in its nose. There's something attractive about the ring, but a beautiful woman, but no discernment, not wise. The seductress is mentioned, who's got words that taste like honey, who says to the man, you know what, my husband's away. Your wife's not here. Let's lie together. This book warns against women who will distract and dream, but by contrast, the virtuous woman brings strength and excellence and benefit to her husband. That's the virtuous woman. She does her husband good all her days. But it's not only her virtue. Secondly, there's her vigor. Her vigor. She's a busy bee. We see this in verse 31, don't we? We're in extolling her and praising her. We read, give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. That's her vigor. You know what we say? A woman's work is never done and it's true. But this woman's okay with that because she's a worker. She's a busy bee. She has a zest for life. She has an irrepressible desire to bless her family. She's the opposite of the sluggard and the lazy person in Proverbs 6, verses 6 to 11, who fold her hands. No, let's look at verse 15. She rises while it is yet dark or night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She's up early getting the breakfast ready for her husband, for her children, for the laborers and workers around what would assume is some kind of farm or vineyard. Look at verse 27. She watches over the ways of her house and does not eat the bread of idleness. You won't find her at 10.30 in the morning with a box of chocolates watching some kind of dopey soap opera. It's not the kind of woman she is. No, she doesn't eat the bread of idleness. She takes care of the home. She's up early getting everybody ready for the day. And not only that, but look at verse 21. She is not afraid of snow, for all her household is clothed with scarlet. What's that saying? It means in the summer, she's thinking about autumn. In the autumn, she's thinking about winter. And she realizes the snow's coming. So the family needs a new wardrobe. And she's either buying it or making it. She's got vision. She's orderly and she's disciplined. You know, she doesn't get up every day wondering what she's going to do. She not only knows what she's going to do today, she knows what she's going to do tomorrow. She's thoughtful. The future doesn't scare her. Look at verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in a time to come. Some translations have it, she laughs at the future. She doesn't get overwhelmed. She's a hard worker. She's up for it. She doesn't get overwhelmed because she's orderly. She plans ahead. She doesn't let things pile up. She doesn't get lost in the moment. She doesn't panic in a given situation because she has been there. She has done that. And frankly, she laughs at the future. Bring it on. This woman works inside and outside the home. She serves others. She puts the welfare of her husband and her children above her own comfort. Here's the third thing, her versatility. 
Very interesting. Her versatility. This woman excels. Okay, we've seen that. Did you notice that? Verse 29, you excel above them all. And she excels inside the home. We've talked about that. She sews, she cooks, she sees the winter coming and takes care of the family. She takes care of all the ways of the house. She's very competent, very capable in the home. But she not only excels in the home, she excels outside the home. This is her versatility. I want you to notice that in verses 16 and 24, she seems to be involved in commerce. It may be related to some degree to the home, but not exclusively. Look at verse 16. She considers a field and buys it, and from her profits, she plants a vineyard. She's astute. She's got a good business head, so she does a work, builds it up, sells it, makes a bit of money, buys a vineyard, and so on and so forth. I want you to notice that. Look at verse 24. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies sashes for the merchants. I want you to notice her versatility. She's an excellent homemaker and seems to have some ability in the arena of commerce. And those two things don't seem to be in conflict in the text. This is a woman of a wide range of gifts commitments, relationships. She's got her domestic relationships and commitments, her husband, her children, her maid servants. But she's got other relationships with business partners. She enhances the reputation of her husband at the city gate. She seems to be known by the movers and the shakers. Maybe she's building friendships up with their wives for the benefit of her husband. I don't know what's going on there, but this woman has got a wide range of gifts. The book of Proverbs doesn't present a woman as barefoot and pregnant and chained to the sink. She's bigger than that, better than that. Now, let me say this. The domestic side is emphasized. The balance of the passage is about her husband, about her children, and about her home. And if you go to Titus 2, verses 4 through 5, you'll read that Paul says that young women are to be workers at home, literally in the Greek, laborers, hard workers, ergon, workers at home. They are homemakers, which means they're good at ordering a home. They can cook, they can sew, they've got a domestic gift, they've got a taste for how a home ought to look like. It's not chaos. It doesn't look like the aftermath of a nuclear explosion. No. No, a godly woman has got great domestic instincts, and she's got taste, and she's good at that. But that's not all she is. While the home is the center of her life, her life is not limited to the home. Not in this woman's case. She's out considering fields and buying them, profiting from vineyards she has planted, She not only makes clothes for her children, this may point to some aspect of her commercial enterprises as being home-based, but it's not exclusive to that, given fields and vineyards, but she sells clothes to merchants. And we've got to be very careful about addressing the issue of women in the home, primarily, fundamentally, first, a woman, a wife ought to be committed to the home. 
ought to lose her life in her husband's life. That's virtue, that's strength, that's godliness. But you know what? You can't define a woman simply by what she does around the home. In fact, one of the commentators, I think it was George Knight, in his commentary in the pastoral epistles, helped me because he goes to 1 Timothy 3. Listen to this, guys. Very interested, and ladies. You've got a description of the pastor, and it says of him, he must manage his house well. That takes you into the domestic realm. The pastor mustn't shepherd everybody else and not his wife and not his children. And many men have made that mistake. I have a friend who was leaving his home one night in Northern Ireland, said to his young daughter, who was a junior hire at the time, says, you know what? I'll be away, dear, for a few hours. If anybody calls and they need to see me, just write their name and their phone number down. He gets in about 11 o'clock. Everybody's in bed. The lights in the home is dimmed. He goes to the phone. There's a piece of paper, and there's one name on it. It's his daughter's name with her home telephone number. It's like, Daddy, when are you going to visit me? It was a wake-up call. So a good pastor will show his leadership in his marriage and his children. Now, the question is, when you read that verse, he must manage his house well, does that mean that's all he does? No. And I don't think you can read Titus 2, verses 4 and 5 as she's a worker at home to mean that's all that a woman does. That's what she does first. That's what she does in many ways best. That's what she gives her strength and her excellence to. But as time allows alongside her husband, not to the detriment of the family. She's got a a range of gifts and abilities that can give expression, even in the world of commerce. I think that's very different, ladies, if you want to have a little discussion with yourself. I think that's very different from a career woman. I don't think Proverbs 31 is exemplifying a career woman, but it is exemplifying a woman who's got gifts that can be expressed outside the home. I love this woman's versatility. She doesn't have one string on her bow. She's gifted in so many areas because the woman of Proverbs 31 is versatile. Okay, let's keep moving. Not only her virtue and her vigor and her versatility, I want you to see her vivaciousness. Love that word, vivaciousness. She was vivacious just means that she was lively. She wasn't a puddle glum. You know, she wasn't a cloud over her husband's head or her children. No, this woman is bursting with life. She's vivacious. You shook her hand and you got an electric shock. She's got life about her, laughter about her. She's got love about her in the simplest tasks. Notice verse 13. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. Just notice, willingly. She loves it. She's got a joy about the simplest task, whether she's darning some clothes that need repairing or she's quilting or croqueting something, you know, crocheting, sorry, something for the kids. Crocheting, man. Crocheting. You know, you know as little about that as I do, but that's what's a, But you get the point. She just loves it. She's just happily about her business. Look at verse 25. We talked about this. She shall rejoice in a time to come. Or I love the paraphrase. She laughs at the future. She's capable. Nothing phases this woman. 
Yeah, bring it on. I can do it by God's grace and strength. He brightens everybody's life. She doesn't rain on people's parties. She's part of it. Look at verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. It's so many happy memories of mom. The laughter, the joy, the wisdom, the sacrifice, the love. Her husband praises her. She's a cheerful soul. She's vivacious. She has a medicine cabinet in her home, I'm guessing. Whatever the equivalent to Advil and Tylenol, she had it. But she was the greatest medicine. Because according to Proverbs, the woman with a merry heart is a good medicine, or the man with a merry heart is a good medicine. And she was medicine to her husband and to her children. She's up early. She's about the business. She whistles while she works. She's not a, you know, snow white figure. She's serving and helping and being a blessing. I love the story surrounding Martin Luther. You know, a bit like Billy Graham, his wife, Catherine, was such a wonderful woman. Just read a book about her recently. Such an interesting woman. She was a runaway nun because the Protestant Reformation brought about the restoration of marriage within the ministry. Catholicism had taught celibacy. Luther said, that's crazy. And so all his friends get married off, and before long, he's married to Catherine, a runaway nun who escaped a monastery in a barrel of fish. And so she's a wonderful woman, good homemaker, businesswoman too, ran a little bit of the farm, made him his beer, all interesting things. True, Bill. She had her own recipe for his beer. But here's the issue. One day Luther gets depressed, kind of down in the dumps. He's walking about with his, you know, looking at his feet. This goes on for a day or two until one morning he comes down to the breakfast table and Catherine's dressed in black from head to toe. And he assumes, is there somebody that's died I don't know about? So he says, Catherine, who's dead? To which she replies, God is dead, Martin. What do you, he says, what do you mean? Don't, don't talk silly, woman. God's not dead. Well, she says, I know that, but you're sure acting like he is. And she really lays into him about his bad mood and his depression and his down in the dumps and tells him, you need to start living your theology. God's not dead. He's our refuge and strength and a present help in a time of trouble. And she lifts him out of the depression. That's why Matthew Henry the Puritan said of this woman, she enjoys a constancy and firmness of mind, has spirit to bear up under crosses and disappointments. She's vivacious. That's Philip DeCourcy just getting started in a message that venerates women, wives, and mothers. He'll be sharing part two of the message tomorrow on Know the Truth. If you missed any portion of today's message, you can hear the complete broadcast online at ktt.org. You can also listen to Know the Truth on the KTT app and podcast. And thanks for remembering that your financial gifts that bring Know the Truth to the radio and the web. And when you give, you're helping us reach listeners like Wallace, who recently wrote to tell us he'd been listening to some watered-down teaching when a friend called him out. His friend asked him why he wasn't seeking out a solid biblical mentor. That's when Wallace found Know the Truth and started adding Philip DeCourcy's messages to his commute time. Now he's growing by leaps and bounds, grateful for Philip's straightforward, rock-solid Bible teaching. It's exciting to hear from Wallace and many others who listen. But we can't deliver this kind of spiritual mentoring without generous friends like you. And today, when you support Know the Truth with a donation of $20 or more, 
we'll say thanks by sending you a book that Philip believes every Christian should read. It's called The Strategy of Satan, and it's a manual for spiritual warfare. Ask for The Strategy of Satan when you support Know the Truth today with a donation of $20 or more. Just give us a call at 888-644-8811 or give online at ktt.org. And if it's the first time you've contacted us, we also invite you to request a bookmark we've designed to go along with Wearsby's book. It's based on Philip's upcoming series titled Speak of the Devil. The bookmark describes the three keys to overcoming temptation. Get this free bookmark when you call 888-644-8811 or go to ktt.org. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, signing off for today, but come back tomorrow for part two of She's the One. That's Friday on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. May is letter month for Through the Bible. It's very important that you let Through the Bible know that you listen and enjoy the ministry of J. Vernon McGee on WAVA AM 780. You can contact Through the Bible on email by going to wava.com and use keyword Bible. Please let Through the Bible know that you hear the program on WAVA AM 780. Do it today. Go to wava.com, use keyword Bible. Send a quick note letting them know you appreciate the ministry of J. Vernon McGee on WAVA AM 780. Share, like, comment, tweet. Are these foreign terms to your business? They may not be to your competition and the reason you're losing sales. Social media marketing is on the verge of dominating commerce. The right social media strategy can help you slay the competition and gain new customers. We're Salem Surround. We take the mystery of digital marketing off your shoulders, letting you run your business while we deliver customers. Your competition is already social. Catch them and surpass them. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.